All right, hope everybody's doing good. We are here today with a bass player and musician here in Kansas City, Brian Hicks. How you doing? Good, Rob. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, thank, and thanks for coming. I know I I have no idea where I would have met you. It had to have been probably at a jam or something around town. I can't remember when we first met, but you, you know, you've been a guy that's a lot of people have talked about over the years. You know, just being a player in town, a good one. And I've been around for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah. I uh, I know we we met it over at Matt Hopper's house one time. Okay, I think that, I think that was, was when it. we really yeah. kind of officially yeah know, shook hands. That probably was yeah. That was probably right when I got into town. Yeah, I wouldn't was, have been yeah. over at his house. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since he's been lived at that place. Right. Right. Yeah, but so. Matt's a great player. He's yeah, a Matt's very good good yeah. carving player. Um, so for for those who don't know you that well, or so, especially. A lot of people know you right now, but t tell me a little bit kind of how you got started playing and what you've kind of done in the past. And Oh, man. You know, when I was a kid, I, uh, I took guitar lessons for a minute with a guy named Ray Naylor. I think uh, was really the only official guitar teacher I ever had. And he, you know, uh, or, you know, where I, I went to Wyandotte County Music Center in Wyandotte uh, Plaza over in where I was grew up. Uh, I may have been in third grade and I took lessons for about four months or something like that and I quit. I didn't practice. I didn't get really interested. <laughs> I, you know, f strangely enough, you know, one of the first real groovy bands I ever played with was Rich Hill and the Riffs featuring Ida McBeth and I found out, you know, as after we had been playing for a while that Ray Naylor and Ida had played together for a number of years before we played together. So, but, uh, you know, I, I, I stopped playing, stopped taking lessons. I mean, I'm in grade school, you know, I, and then I started playing again in about, when I was about seventh grade, I started playing guitar and I could kind of still remember a little bit about, you know, what I little bit of what I had learned in the mm -hmm. lessons and but I just started picking up I learned some chords and and uh, you know get some new chords I remember you know I, a guy taught me how to play House of the Rising Sun mm -hmm. uh, Eric Burden and the Animals thing mm -hmm. uh, you know I pick, I picked up a little more and I, you know it was my I had older brothers that were uh, you know in the music and and uh, it was all you know the music of the day. So I remember when the the Re Woodstock record came out. You hmm. know, after it was after Woodstock, I remember listening to that stuff and the Beatles. You know, uh, I can remember George Harrison uh, um, when uh, All Things Must Pass came out, and I hmm. uh, I had the flu one time, and I and my dad. Uh, Asked me if there's anything, you know, he always got me seven up when I was sick like that. Mm -hmm. and, and I asked him to go stop by the Wyandotte County Music Center and see if they had the the book for All Things Must Pass. Mm -hmm. It was the George Harrison book. And Dad uh, came in and he said, well, they didn't have that. They had, uh, and he named some other, you know, he just made something up. You know, it was just, that was his sense of humor. It was something like, and then he pulled it out, and it was, mm -hmm. it was a great surprise. But, but and my dad and I used to, you know, he he taught me how to. Uh, he would tune my guitar. He had, he, I think, dad. Uh, well, dad was always, you know, uh, 
liked music and he was an old country boy and mm. we, I had this country book of country hits great greatest country hits and my dad and I would sit in my bedroom and he played a little guitar and I played a little better than he did and we'd sing harmonies and things like that so that's neat yeah yeah it was, it was good memories there sure yeah. I've had so many people on the show and I mean Basically, all of them have said the music was in the house at some in some level. It, mom taught vocal yeah. lessons, or dad my, loved music, or was something. My mom you know? played a, a piano. Uh, you know, she had, somewhere along the line she had taken lessons, learned to play the piano. I remember every time, any time she'd sit down at the piano when I was young, I'd, she'd play uh, San Antonio Rose. That was, that was mm-hmm. mom's piano song. Dad had this little lick that he used to play, he'd play Wabash Cannonball. Mm-hmm. He had this little, you know, boom, doom, 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 doom thing mm-hmm. that he'd play. He was real proud of that lick, you know, that he played. And he played a little harmonica, too. Yeah. And uh, I ended up playing harmonica later on, uh, a little later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the first band I ever played in was. Uh, about my senior year of high school, and that's how I got in that band. Was uh, we had moved to El Dorado Springs, Missouri, down southwestern Missouri, and, and uh, there was a band playing in uh, Rockville, and uh, they played Rocky Mountain Way, a Joe mm-hmm. Walsh song. Yeah. And uh, I asked him if I could sit in on it, and, and I played. I did did you know. A little harmonica solo, and they <laughs> they got me in the band. And I played rhythm guitar and harmonica and sang, and got a girlfriend that night. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like uh, you know, it was like uh, uh, you know, a lot of attention and a girl. You know, I mean, the, yeah. that, that was a that was a big draw. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was a big draw for, for me. You know, sure, music. I mean, I love music, but I also you know. I was pretty insecure, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that you know I could see where that was a way to uh, get affirmation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I think we all feel that way. I mean, it's we all of us like music. You know, nobody on stage yeah, doesn't like no, music. I mean, I mean you, you just don't do it. You know, and. Uh, if, if you don't like it, but there's there's kind of that other attention-y thing going oh, absolutely. on, you know? And, absolutely. And if you don't want that, even the drummers that don't love the complete spotlight, there's still a little, I, I would still argue, there's still a little bit that they that they don't want to admit to, that, they, or else they just stay in their basement. You know what I mean? And, and so that I, I think there's yeah. a little bit of that that's... Yeah, I think you're right. And, and uh, you know, I was, not, I was never a jock. I, was, you mm. know, I wasn't an athlete. I didn't... Uh, I didn't have that going for me, uh, you know. I just, you know, like I say, it was about, uh, I had, you know, a lot of insecurity, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of self doubt, mm-hmm. things, and I've had that all all, all my life, mm-hmm. uh, even in, in in music as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and it's been a uh, it's been a struggle to overcome that. Um, I've, you know. Overcame it in different ways, mm-hmm. you know, than some of them. Uh, most of them didn't work. <laughs> ultimately, sure. I think I'm probably similar to you. I don't know if you feel this way, but musically, I always felt almost arrogant. You know, like because I started oh, I, so young, and you know that was yeah. always you know ultimate confidence. But yeah. then when it came to everything else, 
I kind of kind of went a little insecure. You know, it was almost compensation yeah. or something. Yeah. There was something going on there that was weird. That well, I got in, you know, uh, really early on in my career, I got into some pretty successful bands, and, and mm -hmm. uh, that bolstered my confidence and mm -hmm. it made me very cocky, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, you know, I was I was also drinking a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, had a you know kind of living in a certain delusion, illusion, mm -hmm. il delusional illusion, you know, what you know, I was uh, um, getting a lot of attention, but wasn't really putting out a lot of effort, you know, to mm -hmm. to be a better musician. Or a better person, really. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, you know, I was just. You know, it was just look at me. Come on. You know, I was tell. You know, I just was. Just wanted uh, praise. You know, I just. Yeah. Uh, wanted approval. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, and I got a lot of it. Right. Not for the right reasons. I, I don't believe. Uh, I mean, my, you know, I had a. Uh, I was an all right player. I'm an all right player. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter too much to me. Uh, I, you know, that's that's probably my biggest accomplishment is, is in my in my life is that I just feel that it's a gift, the the opportunity to do what I do, you know, and to enrich people's lives or something, make people you know happy. You know, that's 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 a gift. Mm -hmm. It's you know my musicianship. Uh, well, whatever I have is a gift. Having f ten fingers is a gift, you know. Mm -hmm. Being, you know, healthy, having eyesight, you know, and all that—it's all a gift. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's really what it boils down to. I mean, music is just something that I'm I'm lucky enough to do. Um, but I'm lucky enough to just be able to to wake up and and breathe and 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 just. That's 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 really where it's at. Yeah, I mean that's a good attitude to have. Yeah, I mean that's it's a um, what's the word? Uh, yeah, that's just a, that's a oh goodness gracious, that's a good attitude to have. Um, to be um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but it took so talk about that a little bit. Like that is actually a big deal in the music scene with like kind of drugs and alcohol I mean that that's a, that's a thing that a lot of people kind of deal with in, in one way or another and well and talk a little bit about that you know I was you know I mean I uh, I'm an alcoholic I'm a recovering alcoholic and, and uh, you know, I guess that's what I'm supposed to call myself and, um, I, I I believe I was you know I have always been that even you know that was just something I was born as I, and when I discovered alcohol and, and drugs, because mm -hmm. I do drugs the same way I drink, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know it filled a hole, and, and mm -hmm. it, it uh, you know, I mean, it, it did a lot of things for me. It made me brave. It made me confident. You know, I mean, it, it, it initially it was something. You know, it, it uh, with good courage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's. Uh, and uh, and at some point it it owned me, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you know, I mean, so you know, at in the, in the beginning of of that part of my 
um, what I am, you know, I'm an alcoholic. You know, when, when I first started drinking, I it did something I couldn't do on my own mm. for me, and then it just took from me. It took, you know, it just, uh, you know, by the later stages of it. Of it it, I, I could not find joy. I could not find joy. All I, you know, all, all I lived for was to drink, and yeah. and, and, uh, and that was, you know, that was it was as simple as that. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a musician anymore. I was just a drunk, mm. and uh, I really I wasn't much of anything. I wasn't a son. I, you know, I was just lost. And that's that's a hell of a place to be. And I, I I had enough awareness to realize that this is where I've fallen. You know, and uh, you know, at some at, you know, uh, up to a point, I had just kind of given up to it. I'd surrendered to that. You know, it was my whole existence was just to keep my blood alcohol level up at a certain place. Music had nothing to do. I had nothing to do with music. I, you know, occasionally, I could pull myself back into this. You know, have some hope for the future. You know, and that's probably why I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Is that? And, and you know, at at some point, I did. I just said, I've got to get out of this. And, and you know, I just took a couple of right turns, and you know, uh, and just found myself. Started to go on a better path. Yeah. Well, I felt, you know, I, you know, I had to, I had to sober up. I had to detox. You know, go through the process of getting the uh, alcohol out of my system, and then, you know, becoming stronger and you know, be able to. But that happened a bunch of times. You know, I mean, that would happen a lot. Night, you know, a number of times. I thought that I was finished with it, and I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. And I'd go for a long period of time without drinking anything, and then at some point it was like uh, my brain told you know I told myself that it was a good idea to take a drink, and uh, that's that's the dangerous part of it for mm -hmm. me is that I you know every once in a while I'll play tricks on myself yeah. you know and uh, and so I I've got a different way of doing it now, but I, I won't go into that, mm -hmm. but uh, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I heard something. I, th I think I probably said this on the show before, but uh, Wynton Marcellus had a really interesting take on this where he was talking about, because they, they were talking about Parker and Coltrane, all them doing heroin and all that. And he was saying that a lot of times, because I know they, they talk about this in, in AA and different places where a lot of times it's just a distraction, you know, because uh, a lot of people will just fill that void it's cigarettes one moment and that's yeah. weed the next and it's alcohol and it's not really any one thing it's it's the distraction yeah. for some people oh i think so and he was talking about how especially when you're up on stage and definitely playing music where you're in this like world thing you know i mean you're you're in this whole universe in your head of making structures and coming up with solos and it's this whole distraction thing then when the gig's over, you're back to you're back to real life again. Yeah. And and I thought that was an interesting way to put it because and notice what happens after the gig is you go back to that 
heroin drinking whatever it, at the, you know after the gig to distract yourself again because you've just had this distraction yeah. and I don't know if that if that played true for you well but that it, was it did one, thing one time said. I mean you know I you know I, I'm you know I'm at stage five you know mm-hmm. uh, you know so um, I don't work you know I don't play when I'm when if I'm drinking I'm not playing right you know I, I, I mean he, I, I've yeah. got to, I've gotten to a point where I have physical you know, I mean, it's like right, right. I've had neuropathy, right. I, I, uh, I uh, hemorrhage, uh, I have seizures. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man now. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like you know, uh, there is also that consideration. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I haven't been able to play if I'm drinking the way I drink. Yeah. yeah. If I'm drinking, I'm gonna drink the way I drink. Mm-hmm. And the way I drink, uh, music is not possible. Possible. <laughs> yeah. You I know. think what he was talking about more is just a general state of your mind yeah. over these like last seven years or whatever. How yeah. people just get in a distraction well, yeah. mode, and <coughs> the music helps play. Yeah. I think that's more not day to day, you know, but an overall thing. And mm-hmm. and I know that that's just funny because we're the only. I mean, I can't really think of it. Maybe bartending or something. But I mean, what other uh, industry well, I, lets you like drink at work like a musician. Well, you kind of have to be self-employed, thing. and you know, and you you know, it helps to work in a bar, you know, and, and uh, you know, I mean, the writers are you know notoriously mm-hmm. you know heavy drinkers, and uh, you know artists, and you know anybody who's who's working for themselves, and so you know you have to be you know disciplined. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean you you you, you know, but you you know you're also trying to be inspired. You don't want to be inspired and everything. Uh, you know, you have to do the work, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, that's mm-hmm. the thing, is, is that the, the work is what, you know, I mean, that's, that's the, I think that's, you know, good work is, 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 a, is a heavy thing, man, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's something that, that uh, it's a, it, it's, it's a sacrament, you know, and, uh, um, I think I've always always been looking for like a magic bullet, you know, mm. for for everything, you know. Mm. It's like as long as 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 things, you know, don't take too much effort, or as long as I can see, you know, can touch the reward, you know. Mm. I'm very reluctant to do most anything. I'm pretty lazy. That's interesting. I'm pretty lazy. I'm pretty, you know. I I want instant gratification. I've always been that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, uh, I want stuff for nothing. <laughs> That's a part of my nature. Mm-hmm. Less now because I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm aware, and, and I've lived the, uh, I've experienced the folly of that mm-hmm. way of life, you yeah. know, of, that, of that approach to life. And so uh, I'm still lazy. I still want instant gratification. I still want approval. I still want, you know, but I, I realize that I, you know, it's like man does not live on bread alone, you know. I mean, you know, that, uh, that I have to, I, I have to, I have to be willing to do the right thing with no expectation of reward. Mm-hmm. And there's, the, there's the, the paradox and there's the dichotomy, you know, is that, you know, for me to live my best life, I need to be good for goodness sake, mm. you know. 
and that's yeah, you that's, may not see the reward right now. No, but yeah. but 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 that's where the real reward comes. Mm. You know, that's that's when the real reward comes, and and I find that that you know um, applies to almost every area of life. Mm. And so you know, I'm a musician. That's what I do. You know, and that's how I make my money. And so I ought to I ought to try to do the best work I can do. You know, and be as conscientious about what I set, what I'm, what I do as I can. Um, but no less, no more so than if I'm washing my dishes. You know, I want to do a good job doing that, and I want to, you know, if I, um, you know, doing yard work or something like that. You know, it's and just, uh, you know, when I say that, you know, I'm lucky just to just to be able to. You know, I mean, even the stuff that might I might think of as unpleasant. Well, that's just life, you know. Mm. I mean, um, I don't. I try not to label experiences as good or bad. Mm. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, for me, alcohol was. I I think about this a lot of times. I think you know, the, one of the things that leads me to take that drink has led me to take that drink even when I know I shouldn't is that it's it's like that you know that 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 in case of emergency break glass <laughs> you know you know it's that it's that last thing you know when there's a crisis you know is mm -hmm. like break that glass the only th problem is is that you know it's like in case of fire break glass you know is that I'm just Putting, I'm just, I'm just putting, yeah. putting yeah. gasoline on the fire. Mm -hmm. When I break that glass, it's just everything gets mm -hmm. worse. Yeah, you, yeah, sure. You know, there's a saying that, you know, I mean, among my type, you know, among, among alcoholics is that there is no problem so, you know, so bad. Nothing so bad that a drink won't make it worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i got to remember that all right. the time. So I have to do things, I have to do the things that make me remember that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have to go certain places and be around certain people, and and, and uh, you know, I have to remind myself daily, you know, what I am. Yeah, yeah. But it's not all, you know, it's not all alcohol. I'm not just an alcoholic. I have to remind myself what I am beyond that. But but that's the that's the thing that I've got to take care of first. Yeah. Or it all, I mean, probably the laziness would fall in that category, like I mean, yeah, just yeah. reminding yourself yeah, that I'm yeah. like this. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, terminal. Yeah. Right. My alcoholism is terminal. Yeah, yeah. Laziness is not terminal. I can, you know, I can do do something about that. All I got to do yeah. there is just, well, you know, I can be. Um, I just do do what I'm reluctant to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? right. On on that topic, the the. Like for myself, I mean, I, I smoked weed for 13 years, you know, it was every, you know, from about noon on, you know, yeah. to every day. And so I did too. And I've been, for I've been longer. trying, yeah. I've, I've had this problem recently of, because I quit about four or five years ago. And that was right at the time when I started to kind of understand about the whole personal responsibility argument, you know, because when I was in music, I would know that, yeah, I can't just blame everybody else. I need to go practice, you know, with musically. Yeah. But then in my regular life, I wasn't putting, you know, I wasn't consistent, consistencing that up, you know, yeah. going like, man, if I'm going to be consistent, I need to like kind of take this mentality in my regular life and my music. Now, 
but where so then for a while I went like so far on the other you know before I, I don't know if I was a blamer but I went really far in basically blaming everything that every single thing that happened was definitely something that I had done you know like not having any money and I looked hey the last eight years I haven't really tried that you know so every single thing was I, I tried to make every single thing my fault and I understand that that's also a slippery slope you know because every single thing in life isn't always your fault but a lot of it is but when so then getting back to gigging what I find frustrating is that when I'm not getting as many gigs as I want or as many calls or whatever I definitely have to chalk a lot of it up to things that I've done in the past but then I'll hear some other guys talk about like for example in the 90s they were in terror they were like man I was in a terrible band and we had six nights a week you know and and so there's that other kind of stuff where I'm out of, again, kind of a paradox myself to, because I want to make it me, you know, I want to make the problem me, but then I hear all these other people, and I, I heard another guy talk to a, a booking agent the other day, he's like, so how is the music business? And they said dismal, you know, that's the yeah. word they made, is dismal, you know, compared to the yeah. 90s or 70s or whatever, and what, what would, what would, do you have any opinions about that, about musicians and getting gigs and the, the kind of this personal responsibility and how much can you just dump on yourself and do you have any thoughts on that or oh man well you know okay I play I play bass I play guitar as well you know mm -hmm. I mean? I, but I play I, but bass has been my bread and butter and uh you know, there was a time when I was younger where, you know, if, if I was making the scene and just had a f working telephone, <laughs> uh, you know, I could usually find work. Mm -hmm. um, and usually it just, it just kind of came to me, you know. I mean, it was because I played the bass. Uh, somebody needs a bass player. Uh, you know, I operate in the, the jazz world, you know, I mean, the mainstream, you know, that's mostly uh, what I've done. And, and uh, I could find work. And even when I was unhealthy, and you know, I'd, I'd be off for a while, you know, I'd be out of commission for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, you know, if word got around that I was healthy again, I, I'd start getting work, because not a whole lot of bass players weren't, you know. Uh, at some point, that kind of changed for me. You know, it was like I started getting older. Now, this is just my, my experience. I, I uh, you know, I... About ten years ago, uh, no, ten years ago, longer than that. Well, no, it was about ten years ago. Mm -hmm. About ten or twelve years ago, I, I was homeless for about a year, you know, and I wow, wasn't working. Yeah, I mean, wasn't working. I was out of, you know, I was just underground. I was, you know, just way off, uh, off the screen. And when I when I sobered up and came back in, the, you know got back in the, on the scene, it seemed as though it was a whole different scene. 
Mm. You know, and there were players, you know, that I did, people I didn't know that were like playing, you know. Mm. And uh, man, you know, even though I was I was healthy and ready to play, I wasn't. I wasn't in the loop, mm -hmm. you know. And it, it worried the hell out of me. And that was when I started teaching, mm. you know. But I start, I, I kind of kept playing. I got a little thing at YJ's down, you know. I started playing there on Sundays. And I, and I was using guys that, that were, you know, the new young lion guys, that, mm -hmm. young, young guys that were, you know. Uh, so I was getting to know some younger guys that, and you know and these are sh these are sharp guys and they're around you know uh, but I really felt like a um, kind of like you know this washed up uh, I, I really felt that way yeah and it was you know a lot of my old that old insecurity coming mm -hmm. back too you know and I did my chops I didn't have much you know a lot of chops and I had a different kind of approach to playing, you know, these guys were all coming out of the university, you know, had a different way of looking at, you know, and the, the computers and phones and changes on the phone and, mm -hmm. the, you know, and there, you know, it was all this, I really have. <laughs> all this technology and all these resources that I wasn't hip to and, mm -hmm. you know, I could barely get on, on email, man, you know, and, uh, that was a, kind of a rude awakening for me. Um, so I, I didn't work much for a good seven, seven years or seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was the first time in my life that I wasn't able to find work. I mean, I just, I wasn't getting calls. I wasn't, you know, uh, it just seemed like nothing was panning out. Right. You know, and I was staying sober. And, mm -hmm. You know, and I was, uh, you know, responsible. I was showing up, basically, you know. But I really wasn't. Mm. Really wasn't showing up. Mm. You know, I wasn't making calls. I wasn't doing most of the stuff that, you know, that one just kind of needs to do in order to be self-employed in the music business. You know, I wasn't promoting myself. I wasn't using the resources of, that are available in order to generate work. I wasn't advertising. I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't following through. And it was, that's a lifetime, lifelong habit of mine. It's not following through, you know. To, uh, you know, I think that just being a groovy guy is going to be enough, mm. and and especially when you get to be uh, old and grizzled, you know, it's not enough. You mm. know, I got to work a little harder at, you know, bec you know, because it's kind of a young man's world in a, mm. of, in, 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 um, a young man's game. You know, I mean, it's uh, you know, you got the energy when you're 20 and 30 and in your 40s to make the scene, you know, and go out to the bars, and, you know, go out and just do the hang, you know. Staying up until 12 is nothing. Yeah, that was nothing. But, but you know, I mean, when, when I came in off the streets, all of a sudden I had myself a daughter, 
uh, I was, uh, my, I didn't have my sea legs, you know, I was just trying to keep steady, you know, for, for a long time. And I did really wasn't going out. I had other things to do, I had responsibilities. Um, and so I wasn't making the scene, you know. Wasn't really, wasn't, you know, uh, doing the hang, you know. Right. The hang, man. That's a big part of it, and, you know, and, and that's, I think that's part of why, you know, I could, could always find work, you know, early, earlier in my life. Uh, I don't have the energy to, to really do the hang now, so, you know, it's my, my I think my, my f focus has to be a little, um, you know, the, I have to have a little different focus now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I can always use more work, mm -hmm. but I, you know, at this point I've got it, and in like always really, I mean, but I, you know, I have a little core group of, you know, a little herd that I run in, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we, you know, certain little group of part of this herd I play with in certain, you know, you know, uh, you know, I've got it now to where I've got a, uh, you know, this this one guy and me play about three or four times a month, you know, and then there's this this these five people and we play a couple of times a month yeah. or uh, every couple of months, and these this group of people, we play, you know, so it's kind of piecemealed. Right. Um, I've got you know I'm in a couple of couple of different ensembles. Yeah. And I'm playing a couple of different instruments, and you know, I'm just trying to, you know, just. Uh, use what I've got mm. effectively, sure. you know. And I sing as well, and that's mm -hmm. that's been a, that's that's all my life. That's been a good thing. And right. then, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I've done has just been sort of accidental right. in, in a lot of ways. But I don't know if that makes like, sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. because I mean. One of the thing, one of the big topics that I've wanted to talk about on the show a lot is this personal responsibility kind of idea with a lot of musicians. Because when, like I was telling you before we started, I have these conversations with people out of jams like every other yeah. day, you know, of just talking about music and whatever. And I always hear, you know, these club owners, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. And they, other guys in bands, blah blah blah. And that's why I was kind of talking about the blaming personal responsibility thing. And that's where I'm kind of stuck because. The fact that these guys were gigging so much back in the day and now there's just a little bit less work going on but part of that is not the club owner's fault there's the internet and there's you know so yeah that's the kind of stuff that i'm at a, a standstill here where i go well it's not only the you know 100 percent the music uh, the music lovers fault you know it's there's just a lot more stuff yeah. out in the world to compete with live music right now and and also with uh with lessons too. I mean, there's yeah. just more lessonsy things out there for kids, you know, yeah. with uh, yeah. taekwondo and robotics, and I mean, oh there's tons God. of yeah, things yeah, people yeah. can do now. So that's where I'm struggling because I want, just like I think you were kind of trying to say, is that, I mean, you're, I mean, I think you were trying to get at is that one of the reasons why you weren't working that much is because you were realizing that there's all this other stuff outside of the music that you were kind of doing, and that sounds personal responsibility to me. Yeah. But then there's this other stuff, so I don't really know. Right. I want it to be the personal responsibility is the problem for myself. Yeah. But 
there's this other part of it that I can't deny really. And this is a, this is definitely a much bigger, like kind of political discussion. This, this whole personal responsibility attitude, people wanting to blame everything on their lives or was some of it a little bit self-inflicted. So I'm just, I'm torn with that. If you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I, I have found that in mo that if, you know, if I'm really honest about it, most of, of uh, you know, most situations that I've found myself in, it basically comes down to me. You know? mm-hmm. It's not like I'm blaming myself. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. I mean, I I believe in cause and effect, and mm-hmm. that that if I if I want to change <clears throat> what's you know what I'm living, it is up to me to change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't expect things to just fall in my lap. Although I have been very fortunate yeah. in that regard, but uh, that only goes so far. Yeah. You know that only that that only uh, goes so far. Um, and there's all you know. There there are plenty of pe- plenty of young players. You know, and you know I th- I believe I think that. Uh, they're getting better. How many have come out of UMKC in the last ten years? Oh, I mean, they're getting better, yeah. but they haven't been around as long as I have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, you know, I've got to work a little smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to use my experience. You know, to you know, I, I and that's something that uh, you know I'm not as quick as I used to be. I, I don't have the stamina I used to have, mm-hmm. so I've got to play a little smarter. Yeah, you know, right. And I don't have the time that I once had, and I, you know, yeah. And I wish I, you know, you know, I wish I'd used my time better when I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. but I didn't, and mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Yeah. You know, I wish, you know, I, pro- I, I might have been a, be- I might be a better player now had I done that, but it doesn't matter. Now, because that's the way it is. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I practice better now. I practice. I don't practice as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. And it's more efficient though, and better. But I think yeah. it's more efficient. Yeah. And a lot of the reason I don't practice as much as I would like to is because I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know. But I do practice. Yeah. Sure. So, so you you mentioned uh, teaching a little bit ago. Um, tell tell me about teaching. What that's kind of meant for you, or what that does for you. Oh, it was a, it was a uh, I once I got some skill at it. You know, I mean, started realizing. You know, kind of got a method, developed a, an approach. You know, figured out. You know, you know how do we, you know how do I start? What do I do next? What do I do? You know, where do I? You know, uh, it just it was one of the most gratifying things I've ever done, mm-hmm. and as I've gotten better at it, um, it, it becomes it's just more and more rewarding all the time, and I think that my playing has gotten better, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's forced me to, you know, just the process of trying to convey to someone how to do something that I do. Uh, you know, occasionally I I have to convey to you know I have to figure out what it is I do. <laughs> you know, how you know how do I do this? Yeah. You know what's what's the most efficient way to do this? You know, 
And uh, so I, you know, I, I had to, you know, re-examine things that I never really thought about, you know, I mean, the, the process of making music. And, uh, you know, just, uh, I mostly teach guitar and, you know, I mean, just, you know, what, what is the process of getting a sound out of a stringed instrument? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, so, you know, at, at its most, you know, basic. And, you know, I mean, it, it's made me think about music that in, in general, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, kids, uh, stumble across, you know, harmonics on a, on a string, you know, and so, you know, eight-year-olds asking about harmonics, you know, what are harmonics? How do you even describe it, you know? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, and you, you, know, you yeah. carry it to its most logical extreme and you say, you know, that's, that's of the universe, you know, har the, the, the concept of the harmonic series yeah that's, that's that deep, was the, the, you know, that yeah, existed yeah. before humans mm -hmm. you know the heart you know the the overtone series oh yeah you know i mean we put a we labeled it and we gave it a word and it's got you know in depending on how many languages you speak it's got a bunch of words and ways to describe you know you know what a piece of you know uh you know what a sound make you know the, the journey of a tone, you know. Yeah. But, you know, man, you know, that, I mean, that's some kind of deep shit that I, mm -hmm. I had never really thought about much yeah. until I started teaching. And, mm -hmm. and just because the question was asked, well, man, that's a good question. I should ask that myself. Mm -hmm. you know, I, should, I, 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 I really, when kids ask me something, I want to have an answer. Mm -hmm. Same with my, my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, uh, you're trying to set an example for another human being. Oh man, you know, well, I, you know, what kind of example do I want to set? Um, so really, in my, you know, the teaching and the, you know, getting sober and you know, just it was a trans transformational thing. Being a father, being a father, being a teacher, being. And you said that that all happened for you, kind of, sort of, the same little, sort of, kind of the, happened within a certain two period, years period or whatever. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like uh, right there, about you know, when I was about to turn fifty, mm -hmm. you know, getting to the about half century mark. You know, so all, all this stuff started. Right. You know, uh, you know, a whole bunch of things lined up. You know, for me. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I know I struggle with when teaching because I, I the addictiony stuff you know I'm, I'm similar with that and definitely the self indulgent kind of thing that I had going or not self indulgent uh, uh, self absorbed that's the word a self absorbed kind of attitude that I had and then when I when I started teaching there was a little bit of me that. I could tell that I wanted to just, you know, be the guy and, you know, love to hear my own voice and that, you know, I'm being silly, but that kind of stuff no, was there. A, yeah. But then there was also this other thing that I think you're maybe tapping into is that there's this longing for thing of that I do want to feel like kind of worthy and doing something that matters, you know, and the teaching yeah. is right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. And so I was probably pulled on these two you know, problems and, but it, it's been really great because I, I, I totally know what you mean about the not really knowing an answer to a question because I've never really asked myself that yeah. question like you were just describing. And 
technique happens with me. Oh man, my thumb. What what am I doing with my I, thumb? I, and little I, stuff like that is I can you know. When I started teaching, um, guy asked me if I could uh, if I would you thought I that I could teach uh, piano, mm -hmm. beginning piano, and uh, it's Greg Richter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, he he was working with this uh, this after school reading program or the upper room thing, and uh, and you know huge huge favor. He you know it was a wonderful thing he did for me uh, when he asked me to you know if I could do that. I said yeah, I think I can probably you know teach kids beginning piano. You know, mm -hmm. was, you know pretty laid out. You know, and I you know, get a couple of books and you know do a few things and everything. And then, you know, and I think actually he asked if I could teach beginning guitar. And I didn't have a guitar at the time. Hmm. But I played guitar, and, you know, I mean, I'd played guitar all my life almost. And, uh, teaching piano, an instrument that I don't really play, was a whole lot easier for me than teaching the guitar. Wow. That's initially. Yeah. Because I'd never really thought of there's there's so many goofy ways that a person can find to play the guitar, especially a seven or eight year old, you know. Yeah. You know. And it, I was kind of depressed about the whole thing because I just didn't know what to do with somebody who had never touched a guitar before. Mm -hmm. And but I realized I don't, don't want to teach these kids guitar the way I learned, mm. which was just real piecemeal, you know, just, you know, it's like put your finger here and do this with this and then, mm. you know, kind of hold, you know. I, I really wanted to, you know, because it was just, just so slow and ponderous and, and inefficient, you know. To, mm. But I came up with... You know, so I, I found, you know, some, uh, I kind of, I wanted to go towards the classical side of it. And I got a guitar and, you know, and I started, you know, practicing because I also wanted to, you know, be able to play, you know, and I wanted to, you know, demonstrate, demonstrate yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I want to play better than my students and a little bit. And, uh, and I came, I, but, it, you know, at the same time, I started observing that all of these kids tend to do this about there's about five things <laughs> that they all tend to tend to do and they're all things that are not good yeah you know one is that you know you tend to you put the guitar like a dough bro so you can mm -hmm. see what's what's going on hold the you're holding the neck like a club you're having to look at everything mm -hmm. you know so there hence you know, staring at your yeah. left hand the whole time. Staring at yeah. your left hand, staring yeah. at your, you know, whatever, you know, you know, mm -hmm. it's just her. But bunch of stuff. Yeah. That that uh and I started noticing Ours so, is the wrist thing. Yeah. This, right. this one's a big one for us as fiddle players, you know, everybody yeah. puts their wrist up on here and there. You know, there's yeah. a, just like yeah, I mean, the same thing. I mean well, it's I, the six things, you know, that all they all do. I, the bright idea came to me to start to address those things first. Mm. And it, it, I don't know how inspired it was, but I, I came up with a with this thing of you know just touching the strings and naming the strings without looking at it. You know, do it with over here, and then do it over here, mm. and and look.
look at me. Look at yeah. me the whole time you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Will you just repeat after me? Low E A D G B high E. You know, and just use a completely tactile thing. You know, initially, uh, put this hand in your lap. Keep this hand up here. So, you know, you have a sense that you can just balance the guitar and mm-hmm. on your lap. I don't use you know strict classical approach. I'm not have. I don't have them. You know, with the the stool, yeah. you know, and all that, because, I don't know, man, you know, I mean, I'm not, my classical chops are, or, you know, I'm not uh, Christopher Parkin, that's the book I use, you know, and, you know, and, and I, I kind of stick to the Christopher Parkin book for initially, you know. Well, what you're talking about is them knowing it, like, you know what I mean, I'm staring at you and they know where their strings are at. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I didn't like, and that's the thing that I noticed that I got that other classical players didn't get is because I started ear playing, you know, Suzuki yeah. method hard when I was a little kid, and now I was looking at them, and they they have to have the music in front of yeah. them. They don't have anything memorized, yeah. they, and and but you know, I I had my fingerboard very well, memorized. See now, and, I, I, you, know. you know, it's kind of the. Uh, I have a similar experience. I remember when I went to college, you know, because I had learned to play by ear. I'd learned to play, you know, and then started reading music. I started playing cello when I was, you know, you know, later than most people, and that's what I was going to study when I, you know, had mm-hmm. I stayed in school and played guitar and I was playing jazz and I, you know, so all the reading stuff came later yeah, from, for me. Me too. You know? yeah. But then when I was in college, that first year of college, I. I realized, you know, my I, I was acing my theory and ear training mm-hmm. stuff, you know, uh, because I'd already kind of been, th- I'd already gone through the, all that stuff on my own. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's how I learned to play, you know. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, you know, hearing intervals and things like that. It was like, wasn't a wasn't yeah. no big deal. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's, you know, I was lucky, you know, you know, just, just, I'm just a lucky guy. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know. So here's another question. So again, kind of theming it back to the when the the addiction kind of stuff. Because I'll, I'll have this with myself is that there's sometimes where I need to get my butt in gear in general, and you know I'll know that I'm not practicing as hard or yada yada, and then I'll get into you know, and then I'll get into lesson. And then I'll see this other person, and it's not you know yeah. not as extreme as an addiction on their end, but it's yeah. you know they're not practicing, oh, I they're not yeah. trying it. Oh, I'm and so that that's been nice for me to see the other side of. I'm like oh the, you know the I, I go, yeah oh, oh that's what the these universe two down here the universe been, sends yeah. all kinds of messages to right. me, man. It's, if I'm paying attention, you know, and I'm just looking for the you know looking at you know everything I need is is there. You know, and, and there's, you know, it's just something to be learned all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and teaching is a good way to get, get it back, you know, mm-hmm. is to keep it, you know, I mean, it's, there's that, you know, that concept of, you know, the only, the only way to keep what you have is to give it away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's a good quote. Yeah. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> Wasn't my idea, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I finally kind of, I, I just, I believe it, mm-hmm. and you know, and I kind of had to learn a lot of. Th- I've learned a lot of things the hard way, you know. I've had to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't have to, but apparently I did because that's how it happened, you know. Mm-hmm.
so that's cool, you know, that's all right. Uh, I'm a slow learner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all right too. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, you know, I mean, it is right now because I'm I'm pretty happy right now. Yeah. So you know, great. No no sweat. Uh, I struggle with the motivation stuff. Like I was saying. Oh, I do. Know, t- I do. I do too. Not not just with me, but but with with a student is that because like, and I've talked to. Uh, most of the teachers who I've had on, we've kind of dove into this topic because I think it's the I think it's the crux of the entire thing as a teacher is that all of us know, and maybe maybe you were similar at the beginning where is learning how to literally teach rhythm or so you know any of these technical things we kind of learn how to do that but after a while that that to me becomes the easy part and and yeah. especially the diagnosing you know when they yeah. play you go like oh yeah if. Yeah. If I wanted to, you know, this, 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 and this, I would yeah. fix for them eventually. But I find that the the how to say it to them, the when to say it, and if you need to say it, are like the, yeah. the big things that I struggle with because I already know what they probably need to hear, yeah. but it's the how to say it. And then, again, that goes back to the how. I'm sure these two downstairs, you know, my, my parents and other teachers, you know, were obviously seeing that in me for you know, oh, 30, 30 years, and you know, I wish he would this, and I, and then, so they go, well, what do we do to, you know, help kind of, no, no, just go over there, if you do it, you're going to be awesome and happy, like, you know, and so I see that in myself with my students, is how do I, how do yeah. I hope to motivate them and not to become, you know, the authoritarian kind of person and come yeah, in, and you know, yeah. you just are gonna... I don't know, you know, I'm still struggling with that as a teacher, and I'm getting better, but I, I still... Well, if, you know, if I if I I approach with my students, I mean, if I just you know, if, if I I you know I I've got a couple of kids that I've had I've had some really good students. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, kids that I'm really really proud of, and and, mm-hmm. and then they've gone, they're they're gone. You know, then they leave, and uh, I've got one kid right now who has been with me for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, you know, and he's still getting better, you know. Now, I don't know how long he's going to stay with me. Ideally, I want him to get better than me. I want him to outgrow me, mm-hmm. you know. That's as hard as that is to accept, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but that, that would tell me that I've done my job well. It's kind of the goal, isn't it? It, it, yeah, it should be. It should, it should be, yeah. be, you know, because um, I'm not teaching him for my, for me. Although I'm I'm benefiting a lot. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I've had some other really good kids. You know, I had a, a a kid that left a couple of years ago. He just he just got tired of playing. Mm-hmm. Man, he was good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was really getting good. And it, it, I would say that it broke my heart, but. It would, you know, I, I, I would just, I missed him when he was gone because I just enjoyed our lessons so mm-hmm. much because he was just so delightful. You know, we were playing duets, and, you know, I mean, he brought a lot out of me, you know. Yeah. But I had to, you know, I had to think about, you know, why, why do I miss this guy? You know, is it, you know, um, now, you know, sure, you know, the 25 bucks a week, you know, I miss yeah. that, you know, I mean, that, that's just money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, watching him develop and turn into a better player, it was kind of, you know, it was, uh, 
how much credit can I give myself for that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just trying to guide him and everything. He was, but he was, you know, he did the work, uh, kind of. Right. I mean, we did the work together. Yeah. You know, he and yeah. I worked together real well, you know, and, and I, I enjoyed that relationship that I had with this child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had some kids that left that I was, you know, Kind of glad they did. Oh know. darn, they left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I, but there I, you know, got a, you know, right. part of me felt felt like a failure because I didn't, get, yeah. you know, bring them down. To, you know, I got, you know, I got, got to question my motivation for for almost yeah. every act in my life. You know, and that's that's something that that does, you know, hasn't come easy for me. You know, because I, you know, it's you know, talking about like. Accepting responsibility, yeah, you know, yeah, <clears throat> for, and also, um, how do I put this up? You know, the making excuses. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I'm very good at. You know, and I. <laughs> You know, you know, I have to be able to differentiate between a reason and an excuse. Right. You know. Yeah. And, and there's a difference and, in there. Yeah. yeah. And and what each of those things imply. You know, I mean, there's but there might be a reason that this, you know, that I I'm, uh, but it, you know, I can't excuse myself from this or that or excuse right. the. Uh, how do I put it? Uh, And where am I going? Yeah, no, no, no. I understand. Like the the reason and excuse thing is a pretty good way to put it because that's yeah. kind of what I was getting at. And and I think you and I are both on the same page. Where this is an absolutely perfect yeah. example of, do I? How much do I go? Well, you know, yeah. There was a couple lessons that I went like and like I've had this before where there was like a stage kind of thing where I was like teaching them improv, for example. And normally. I would have taken them through a couple of these prerequisite kind of things in a lesson before I get to this moment. Mm. Well, one time I just forgot to do that and I went from here yeah, all the way yeah, to here yeah. and I'm like, okay, that one was on me. Mm. I forgot, you know, I just was silly yeah. and I didn't do that. But I had, I had one lesson where a girl cried. You know, I yeah. asked her to do improv and she straight up cried on me, oh, you yeah. know? And so the, the stage thing, I think I realized the stage thing was on me. I, I, especially for this one, because I knew what she was like and kind of a, yeah. a little bit emotional kid and yeah, eighth yeah. grade girl, you know, was, yeah. and there was some stuff there, but there, you know, I've taught this to, you know, 12 other kids easy and none of them cried, yeah. you know, so, so there, you know, that's a good example of and when was it, it on me and how much it yeah. was it on, on this kid, you know? Well, that's, like, there's, you know, there's another consideration is that you know and that's something that teaching has taught me is that everybody learns at their own pace mm-hmm. and everybody has their own way of uh, I, my daughter started doing online school this year you mm-hmm. know and, and you know I was real hesitant to mm-hmm. you know you know give the go ahead on that but uh, you know it's it's I think it's been a good thing for her. I think you know the, the, the a lot of times the the cookie cutter approach to you know uh, things just isn't doesn't doesn't work you know mm-hmm. it just doesn't work everybody has you know is wired we're all wired differently mm-hmm. you know and, and uh, 
Um, you know, if I can just sort of feel a certain curiosity in my kids, you know, mm. to, you know, to, right. you know, just, just make them wonder, you know, what if, you know, you know, and, and that, that's, that's good. This, this kid that's stayed with me, I, you know, I go into lessons and I see that he's practiced and, you know, I can hear it, you know, and, and when we, when we play and, you know, things just, you know, he, they just, you know, he just, I can see him just blossoming. You know? mm. And he's growing up. Too, I mean, mm -hmm. just as a human being, just as a as a creature, and, and uh, you know, and the music is a part of his growth, and I'm a part of that, you know, and I'm, you know, it's a privilege, you know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's really, you know, and I now I know his family, and I know his mother and his father, and, yeah. and I've gotten to know their dog, and and his, his brother, and you know, and I, I'm 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 allowed into that home, mm -hmm. you know, and. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's know, very it's, cool. It's yeah, really a groove, man. Yeah. It, with the motivation thing, I I am I'm always obsessed by realizing, you know, so even somebody like me, I'm ne I'm never going to be in the symphony. I've played literally all my life. I mean, that's NBA, you know. I mean, that's like the top of yeah. the top. And so I keep thinking about why am I here? What what am I doing yeah. here in this lesson? Like, what what is my role? And a lot of the non musical things is what I keep coming back to because. When because I mentioned at the beginning that basically most of the you know pretty hardcore gigging musicians that I've talked to all had music in the home you know and all of them you know and they, there was this huge early on and then so this huge influence early on but then when I go to another kid who I have they haven't really had music their whole life and they like it and whatever but they kind of started later you know fifth grade or something and. And so then I go, okay, what is this right now? You know, is this kid going to be in the symphony? Probably not. Is this kid going to even, you know, ever be like on a big gigging band at like knuckleheads? Or, you know, is he ever going to do something really big? Probably not. But okay, then why am I here? And I think maybe you're hitting on this where your your idea is to also be the role model there is, is to, I know for me, one, one thing I want to instill in them is that, I'm a very attention to de sometimes I'm really sloppy and I'm just go for it but then sometimes I'm like super meticulous mm -hmm. a lot of times in music I can be both you know sometimes I'll just kind of wing it and then other times I'm like no 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 this needs to be that much sharper because it's yeah. you know sometimes I'll go meticulous it just and, depends on what you're and, what you're going to be happy with so I'm hoping that I can at least show them even if they don't end up OCD or say you know even if they don't end up like that at least show them that Hey, usually if you're going to be really, really, really good at something, you sort of need to sort of pay attention to some sort of detail right. in whatever you're doing. And so I hope that that's like an example of a thing that I can share with them. Even if they don't become a great musician, maybe when they go over to a computer, they go, oh, no, no. This is one one zero zero one one zero zero zero. Yeah. You know, like yes. not, you know, be be disciplined in, in their Attention just, to detail in another part of their life, you know. Well, you, you know, you're teaching the child a certain, you know, certain lessons of, you know, persistence, and mm. thoroughness, yeah. and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, all kinds of good things, hopefully. I mean, you know, one wants to focus on the, you know, the virtues of life, and, you know, um, I, but, 
you know, I mean, ideally, I want I want the kid to be happy. You know, I want to be happy. Um, part of being happy is, you know, you know, I mean, you know, just, I mean, one part of being happy is just uh, for me because I, I'm, you know go back to that wired and wired a certain way or I was raised a certain way and I have certain certain values and I, you know doing a good job is a, is a, is a thing to, to strive for um, part of doing a good job is being thorough you know is you know being responsible for what I you know is doing what I say I'm going to Following conscientiousness, through, yeah, conscientious yeah, yeah. persistence, yeah. You know, finishing what I, you know, uh, you know, don't be a pain in the ass. Uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to realize that you know, that's I mean, you know, I can be an inferior player to, to someone else, mm-hmm. and but I I I will get the job. You know, I mean, when it comes to you know, push comes to shove, it's just music. Okay, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, at some point, you just, you know, you, you, you want someone who's going to show up, mm. who's not going to give you a hard time, mm. who's going to dress the right way, who's going to, you know, going to treat people right, who's not going to draw a bunch of unwanted attention to the band, you know, or whatever. Because, you know, you get into, you know, a lot of musical situations where, you know, I mean, you're playing for a wedding reception or something like that, or playing for, you know, a, 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 some corporate event. They just want some sound, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, and they want you to look okay, and they want you to show up on time. They don't want to have to worry about you. Right. That's that's a lot of the thing, you know, and that's why a lot of people work will work with the same, you know, construction uh, companies will use the same people all the time because they know they're yeah. going to do their job. Reliable. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not, you know, you know, I mean, and uh, and and. You know, I, I you know I don't have to be the best player in the world because you know ain't a rider can't be thrown, ain't a horse can't be rode. You know, I mean it's mm-hmm. just you know I'm I, I'm I've been trying to get get happy with being somewhere in the middle. You know, mm-hmm. ain't the worst, ain't the best. It's what I just what I am, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to be a better me. You know. Um, kind of not being the best, but doing it is kind of what you, you know. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. thing I'm in the thing, I'm doing it, you know. Doing your thing. I play better when I play a lot. Yeah. Simple as that, man. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm gigging a lot, I tend to play better because I'm, you know, I've got my hands on the instrument, you know, and and everything. Uh, I got my limitations, man. You know, that's the way it goes, you know, and everything. But I can always stretch it a little bit, you know. You mean 280 bebop? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's There's like, you know, there, 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 are, there are days when I can play, you know, I mean, some days, you know, I'm just clicking, man. Mm-hmm. And other times, man, it's just, let's just get this done. You know, let's just do what I'm supposed to do and, and uh, you know live to fight another day yeah, yeah sure, <laughs> but I mean you know that that's, that, that go, carries through I mean that's just music you know uh, music's just one one little part of it yeah it's just the just the uh, 
gig of life, you know. Yeah, sure, man. If you had, uh, so we've kind of talked a, a lot about advice, but if you, if you had one one big piece of advice for like the 20-ish year olds starting here, like the, the UMKC kids or whatever coming out into the gigging world, dude, would you have one big piece of advice for them? Ah, don't take yourself too seriously. Just do your work. It's easy to do that as a young kid, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, I mean... I think you're you know, a big shot. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, you think you're going to be the next, you know, big sensation. And, you know, it's just, uh, just do your work and, and, uh, be happy. Yeah. You know? uh, just, you know, time, time moves really fast. Uh -huh. I mean, it, you don't, you don't feel it until... You know, you get you get closer mm -hmm. to the end, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you realize, man, it went by like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're probably wrapping up here. I, I didn't ask you this before we started, but do you do you have one like really crazy gig that you played, or a real fun like kind of oh, gig man, story, or too many to, or uh, too many, or to one of your favorites that you remember, like that was just a good one, or a horrible one, or like the horrible ones are usually the best stories. Well, <laughs> those are those I've got so many horrible, you know, I mean, not horrible, right, but I mean, yeah. you know, things that. And just crazy, are astoundingly, yeah, uh, awesome, sur surreal. Uh, you know, uh, Rod Fleeman and, and uh, uh, Emily Frost and I were on a gig at the at Chaz not too many months ago, and Bill Murray was in town, and he mm -hmm. was making all these appearances at all these places. You know, kind of like you know, the actor Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. in town for a funeral. Mm -hmm. He and he and his brother and and uh, you know some friends were. At a in town for a funeral and he was staying at Chaz and they came in late late that night and uh, and they just hung you know and it, it wasn't like a big celebrity thing you know and he's not that kind of celebrity you know he's he's an old hippie uh, you know and he's really down to earth he's kind of a spiritual kind of you know he's kind of he, he's just he's just a guy mm -hmm. you know and it was that was really a groove hanging out with him and I you know I, I became uh, I started you know, looking at his body of work, you know, some of the things. I mean, some of the more commercial things and successful things. But then I, you know, started looking at things that he has chosen to do. <coughs> you know, I realized that he doesn't do anything that he doesn't want to do. Right. You know. And, uh, you know, and, and he's lucky in that regard, you know, that he, he's, uh, he's gotten to a place where he can, he can do what's gratifying to him, you know, and, uh, you know, what, and, uh, you know, I, I get the feeling that he's a guy that, you know, tries to be a, a benefit to others. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I know a lot of us in the music business are in a rock and a hard place with that whole Well, idea. you know, it's, it's many, real how, easy to be a whore in this business. Yeah, how, how, many, how many guys it's are easy in to be a, a random cover band and stuff. It's easy to be a cheap stuff. whore in yeah. this business. Because, uh -huh. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, how many of us are willing to, you know, crawl over each other's bodies to make 50 bucks? Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, it's a shame. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's kind of understandable because we just want to play. And, you know, we just want to play. And, yeah. You know, you know, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm still a whore, but I'm maybe a little less of you know, teaching has helped. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man, uh, we'll definitely uh, keep up the good work, and I, I definitely 
uh, wish you the best with, um, you know, all the stuff that you've been kind of dealing with here for the last bunch of years. You know, I, I, I know there's a lot of us out here that are dealing with some of the same problems. So I, I really appreciate you, um, you know, being able to, you know, share, share what you've, what you've had happen. And, and I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to some of the stuff that you've gone through. And, and I'm glad that you shared. It was of all my own, of my own making. You know, mm -hmm. That's what I realized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nothing was done to me. You know, mm. it was, it, it, you know, I mean, the, it, really, mm. you know, nothing's being done to me. Mm. You, know, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just living it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, difficulties are just, you know, I mean, once I, find, find, you know, redefine crises and bad days and badness, you know, I mean, it's, it's all just challenges, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like pain is just, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, some literature that I've read where pain is the touchstone of growth, mm -hmm. you know, that's deep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just pain is, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a great quote, man. Um, well, thanks uh, for doing doing what you do, and uh, this is uh, this is Brian Hicks. Thanks for coming on the show, man. man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking me. No man. problem. Yeah. Appreciate so uh, we'll be back next time uh, with more musicians talking about stuff. <laughs> Get out of here. See you later. <laughs>